Welcome back to the gathering place of all nations. This Sunday morning, Pastor John Irving shared a message about our tithes and offerings. I pray that you are blessed by this message and your ears are open to hear what God has to say. It's all about our worship, our gifts, all right? And you can rest easy. I'm going to talking about offering, and um, but the offering's already been taken. So just take a deep breath. You don't have to worry about anything here today. All right. Um, to be honest, I'm a little uncomfortable talking about it. I always like somebody else to do this type of talk. I think it's been at least 10 years before I've talked directly in the whole message thereabouts on, on this whole topic and let me also say that we have one of the most giving churches I've ever met. The, the generosity of this church is beyond anything you can imagine. But this is part of the full counsel of God, and I feel, and our board felt that we needed to have a little talk on this, and so I agreed to do it. And so let's just jump right into it. I have enough message notes and messages and, and, and comments that we could go before hours. So the good news is I'm not going to go four hours, okay? I'm going to watch my time in about 40 minutes. I'm going to wrap up. And uh, then we're going to pray for financial breakthroughs and miracles. Anybody need some financial breakthroughs and miracles? We're going to pray for you this morning for that today. All right? Uh, we're going to get into it in a few minutes about uh, some people say there's no tithing in the New Testament, no teaching, there's no, the, the principle's not there. You may have heard this, maybe you are in agreement with that. I don't have a problem with it. Some people can use the scriptures to say there's no tithing in the New Testament, all right? Uh, but there's the principle of tithing, the principle of giving is there. Uh, so the Old Testament, definitely we're going to see that tithing was not an optional thing, it was a command. In the New Testament, uh, you, can, you can kind of say whatever you want about tithing, uh, but the New Testament, it's stewardship. And you know what stewardship is? It's 100%. So if you want to argue against tithing in the New Testament, well, that's okay, then you need to go on to the other type, and that God has everything, all right? So, um, uh, and the people that are givers in our church here, they're going to love this message, and there may be somebody here watching or whatnot that might cringe a little bit. I know when I first heard these messages as a new believer, I was cringing a little bit. What? You want all this money from me? You know? and, and, and then some people would say, oh, the church, all they're about is money. Uh, very, uh, we take an offering every service. Uh, but I don't talk about the build every service. I don't talk about going to great depth. I just make the opportunity, and you guys have been faithful. All right, our finances is one of the key areas where we can practice stewardship. All right, our ability to acquire wealth is a gift given to us by God, and we need to be mindful of how we use these resources to fulfill God's work and further his kingdom to take care of others. So what is tithing? All right. Um, the word tithe actually means tenth. All right. And so tithing is giving a tenth of your earnings. Um, the tithe was uh, first uh, given uh, through the law of Moses, and we're going to get to that if we have time, that it was the Israelites were required 10% of their offerings, of their harvest, all right? And uh, we're going to go into that. And it was to show thankfulness to God. Our giving is to say, thank you, God. Like, I, I'm going to tell you a, a funny story. I've said it here before, so if you've heard it, uh, forgive me. All right? Uh, when we were kids, we wanted to buy presents for our parents, especially uh, my dad, and my dad, either through my mom or directly, he would give us, you know, $5 or $10 to go out and buy him a present. And my mom said, uh, you know what he would really like? He would like export a, a carton of export a cigarettes and wrap that up. 
And because my dad smoked and, sm and my mom smoked, we thought, well, they really like this, these cigarettes, so that would be one really good present to give them. Nowadays, I think that would be such a terrible thing, you know? But uh, so my dad gave us the money. We went out and bought the cigarettes, came home, wrapped it up, gave it to him, and he was so shocked and so surprised and so happy to get the cigarettes. Uh, what I'm saying is, is God is the one that gives us the finances and we give them back. All right, we're not doing God a favor. <laughs> he was the one that gave it to us, all right? The thing that God appreciates is the way that we give. Are we worshiping him? Are we bowing down? Are we really giving towards the Lord, just like the wise men did. And, and how do we do that when we come to service and when we worship God? All right, when we, we give of ourselves, of our, our heart, our attitude, that is uh, our, our giving to the Lord. That's what he really appreciates. You know, I had a phone call yesterday, yesterday morning from somebody that um, I mentored a, a long time ago, and they phoned up and said, uh, oh, by the way, uh, I, have, I don't think I've ever really told you this, but you mentored and you discipled me and you worked with me and I've been gone a long time. I'm married and, and all that kind of stuff. And I just really felt I was supposed to phone you this morning and thank you. That, that, was, that was really, you know, I, there was no amount of money that person could get to, to receive that, those kind words. You know, your children, they could go out and buy you some really nice expensive gifts, but if they come up and they give you a hug, whether they're a child or an adult, and they say, Mom, I, I, I love you. Dad, I love you. That, there's something about that. And so this whole talk about finances is not because we want to prime the pump here and get money from you. It's about there is a release. There's a blessing. When we give to God, he will not be outgiven. All right. Uh, do most Christians tithe? Let me. I, I've got some notes that I have uh, put together here. Um, some of them are some quotes from different places. Uh, I like this. This next uh, two uh, paragraphs are from a, a quote from uh, from an article. A lot of confusion around the topic of whether Christians tithe comes from the terminology throughout the Old Testament. Israelites were expected to give ten percent of the resources to God. That tithe, or a tenth part, was a requirement of the law. And we're going to look into that a little bit more. And that's already a little misleading. I like this is where the quote gets very interesting. Because when you factor in all of the Israel, Israelites, the Jewish required giving, the Jewish people were actually giving around 23% of their income. When you factor in the first fruits and the giving to the poor and the widows, the orphans, we don't have time to really unpack that. That might be another day. Uh, but it's 23% of their income. Now you can say a collective ouch. And I'm only here saying that the tithe is 10%. So everybody take a deep breath. You know, anyway. Today, many Christians, and this is the next quote, would say that tithing was part of the law and that Christians are no longer required to participate in, all right? And, and I would say I'm okay if somebody says that. Uh, and there, there can be some scriptural support. I've looked at this whole topic, and you can argue either way. So I'm not going to get into argument. You say that, that's fine. Uh, but giving is definitely a principle in the Bible. And how much to give uh, is to be generous. And as a New Testament, it's God wants 100%. All right? So it says here, this doesn't mean that they don't believe in generous giving necessarily. It means that they don't believe Christians are required to give a specific percentage. In fact, some of these people would say that giving model in the early church, listen to this, would say that the, the model in the early Christians' church, a tithe was far too little. <laughs> And if you look at the early church, a tithe is actually very small, all right? Uh, the conversation gets a little messy when Christians use the word tithing to denote any sort of giving. Our, uh, Christians who have grown up 
in the church are accustomed to thinking that all giving as tithing can struggle with the biblical concept. And so it's essential that we're clear with our terminology here. Tithing is giving 10%, all right? There is another thing called free will offerings, and we'll look at that if we have time later, but there's a difference between tithing. Tithing is Malachi 3.10, where you bring in the tithe to the storehouse. So what is the storehouse? The storehouse is where you're getting fed, all right? So if you're, part, if you're a member of this church, then the tithe would come to this church. Offerings can go as the Lord leads you, whether it's to a guest speaker like on Monday nights or some other situation that we have here or the build or other um, uh, things, or it can go maybe you, you know a missionary that you want to give to or another ministry outside of our congregation you want to sow into, their, into, into that. That's an offering, all right? But the tithe is the 10% and it goes to the storehouse. And there is a blessing when you give according to biblical principles. All right? Now, on average, now get this, average. We're not talking about this church. All right? We're talking about the church universal. On average, Christians give about 2.5% of their income to churches. Uh, so in that sense, uh, no, Christians do not tithe as a whole. Now, I, that doesn't mean here. Here, we are... We are so blessed. We have tithers. Many, 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 many people are tithers. One of the problems we have in uh, the church today is that many people, uh, uh, I'm not, again, I'm not talking here, I'm talking in general. Many people that go to church tip God. Oh, here's $5, God. It, it was, I had a good week today. Here's, take a little, or, you know, here's 20, you know. Uh, you know, like we go in the restaurant, if we had good service, we give them a little bit more. We give them like 20% or more. Uh, if it was lousy service, we give them 10% or, or whatever. Well, I, I had a good week this week. I'm going to give God 20 bucks or whatever. I'm going to tip God. All right? And, and that's not. I, I know I grew up in the Anglican church, and that was, that's kind of what my parents did. Throw in a dollar, throw in 50 cents. I was given a dime to throw in the offering every week when I was a kid, when I went and uh, uh, sometimes a quarter. Um, during Lent, we had, to get, we, we had those chocolates, and we put a dime. Anybody remember those things? You would put the, and then you bring that whole thing in as children. All right? And so an offering is a free will offering. It's over and above the 10%. Um, for example, our Monday night services. You know, when you're giving towards the guest speaker on Monday nights, that's wonderful, and we encourage that. But that's a free will offering. That's not your tithe. All right, if we have a guest speaker on Sunday morning, all right, you give your tithe, and then if you desire to, you could give a free will offering. It, it's, it's over and above. That offering's always over and above. We don't have time to go into it, but there's, there's tithing, there's free will offerings, there's first fruits offering, that the first fruit of your uh, uh, produce all right, there is the, um, the giving to the poor, the needy, and there's all different types of rewards. Dr. Russ did this very well at one point. We're not going to go into that right now. And then there's seed time and harvest. All of them are different than the tithe. So I guess this morning I just want to try to make sure that our minds are not muddied by what is the tithe and what is an offering and everything I put in the church is a tithe. You know, I just want to make that clear. I remember when I first heard this concept of tithing, I was a new believer, 26 years old, and God wants 10%. I'm like, whoa, I'm having a real struggle living on 100%. Now you want to give me to give 10% away. And so what I began doing is at the end of the month, if I had anything, I would put something in the offering. You know, 26 years old, I thought that was wise. I, sometimes it was generous. Sometimes it was little to nothing. And uh, throughout the course of the, my first year of being a Christian, God began to teach me that it's easier to live on 90% giving 10% to him than keeping 100% and giving a little bit uh, at the end of the month. How many people know there's often more month than money in your hand? But when you give God that 10%, somehow the month 
we get through that month. There, there's something about that principle that God increases our ability or takes things away. Oftentimes, if I didn't tithe, I'd have a car issue. I'd have a breakdown. The muffler went or the radiator went. And it was exactly the month, the amount that I would have had to pay for the tithe that month. And eventually, before the end of the year, I said, okay, God, I, you got my, you, you got, I'm going to tithe. Off the top, I'm tithing. <laughs> All right, I've been doing that ever since in my life. And uh, there's, you can't outgive God. All right? And we're going to look, go into some of these scriptures here. Let me just uh, bring up some interesting stories here. And, and I got enough stories here. And I know if I opened up the mic, uh, we would have another two hours of stories. Somebody's already offered to give one for this morning. I don't think I have time. But on New Year's Eve, our watch night service, we're going to have opportunities for people to come up and give testimonies of healing, of salvation, of financial breakthroughs. It's not just going to be a prophetic night. We're going to hear the words from Dr. Russ and Maeve and maybe a couple others. In fact, my word for 2023 is tomorrow night. I have a verse for 2023 the Lord gave me, and I shared it with a few people that were in the prayer meeting, but I didn't unpack it. Tomorrow night I'm going to unpack it. And uh, kind of a glimpse where we're at right now and, and what we feel God's going to be doing in the next year. So um, I'm going to name three names, all right? And at the end, just wave your hands if you know these men. All right. Henry John Hines, uh, James L. Kraft, and William Colgate. Anybody heard of these, these guys? All right. Two of them. Actually, you've heard them all. All right. We're talking about uh, Colgate, you know, soap and, and toothpaste. We're talking about Kraft Foods. All right, we're talking about Heinz ketchup. All right, all these men were tithers. In fact, not only were they tithers, they all started their business tithing. And they were committed believers, committed churchgoers, and they decided that they were going to tithe on their personal and business income. And before their death, Almost 100, they were giving away almost 100% of their salary. Isn't that incredible? All right, I'm going to focus in and just talk a few minutes on Mr. Colgate. All right, at 12 years old, listen to this story. This is, this is fascinating. 12-year-old William Colgate, he's the, the main guy, when he was 12, woke with a start that someone was pounding at his door of his house. It was the middle of the night in a small town of Shoreham near London. William Pitt, the British Prime Minister. Anybody heard of William Pitt? All right. There's a story going around our family that we're related to him. I don't know if it's true or not. I have no idea. And he left a, a real big inheritance and nobody's claimed. I'm wondering, I wonder if there's any way I could prove. Lee, can you find out if, you know, but anyway. So I don't know if it's true or not. I pr probably everybody feels that way. Anyway, William Pitt sent a messenger, a private messenger, in the middle of the night to warn his friend, uh, William's father, Mr. Colgate, uh, that he must leave England or risk imprisonment or death. People knew that Robert Colgate, that's his father, had been sympathetic to the Americans during their recent fight for independence. So in March 1795, the Colgates boarded a ship for Baltimore. When the family arrived in America, they settled on a farm. And then William's father formed a partnership with Ralph Mayhar to manufacture soap and candles. William helped the two men. After two years, it was, uh, it, the company died. His father went to farming. Uh, and William decided that he was going to go into the business as a young 16, 15, 16-year-old. 16 and a year later, it fell. And he, it, 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 it finished. And then he, um, he, uh, he decided to go to New York, 16 years old. Listen to this next story here I have here. Colgate was a tither throughout his long and successful business career. He, he uh, gave not merely one-tenth of the earnings of Colgate's soap products, but he gave two-tenths, three-tenths, finally five-tenths, some say up to 90% or more, of his income to the work of God deacon in his church. During the later years of his life, he revealed the origin of his devotion to the idea of tithing. 
When he was 16 years old, he left home to find employment in New York City. He had previously worked in a soap manufacturing shop with his father and such. When he told the captain of the canal boat upon which he was traveling that he planned to make soap in New York City, the man gave him this advice, quote, someone will soon be the leading soap maker in New York. You can be that person, but you must never lose the sight of the fact that the soap you make has been given to you by God. Honor him by sharing what you earn. Begin with tithing all that you receive. William Colgate felt the urge to tithe because he recognized that God was the giver of all that he possessed, not only of uh, all opportunity, but even of the elements which were used in the manufacture of his products. All right, he died um, in, um, I got the year here, he died on March 25th, 1857. But how many people still know his name, use his products? I think we got Colgate at home, all right? If not, we have had it in our house and probably will have it again sometime. Tithing works. It really does work when you're putting your heart into it and you're giving not as a, not as a requirement, but rather as out of your heart. You know, I like what Russ says, you know, God loves a cheerful giver, but he'll take it from someone that's stingy as well. <laughs> all right? Uh, it's better to be the generous giver person, all right? And um, I know time is getting away. So we're going to look into scriptures uh, in the Bible. Uh, we're going to talk to tithing before Moses, because everybody says, well, that's part of the law, and the law is not part of today. So if you turn with me back to Genesis, all the way back in the first book, and we're going to go to Genesis chapter 14, and we're going to see that tithing started before the law. The law came in the book of Exodus, all right? Uh, Genesis was before Moses, and so 14. We have verses 19. Actually, let's go to 17 here. And um, let me paint the, uh, the picture. Abraham had just returned from defeating the armies of the four kings, rescuing his nephew Lot, and reclaiming his possessions. All right? And this is where the story picks up. All right? Verse 18. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem brought out bread and wine. Now he was the priest of God, of the Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, God most of the God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. Verse 20. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And he gave him a tenth of all. There's the first tithe, all right? And then it goes on, talking about the king of Sodom, and, and uh, Moses, I mean, Abraham would not take anything from the king of Sodom, all right? It said, just bless my people that were with you, but not, I don't want anything, all right? And so we have the gratitude to God for being blessed. Melchizedek is a pre, pre-incarnation a visitation of Christ. This is Christ meeting Abraham and blessing him. And he gave him a tenth of everything that he had. It was out of worship. It was out of heart to worship. All right. Um, in the second year of the Exodus, Moses informed the Israelites that they'd be giving a tenth of their seed, crops, fruit, trees, and every tenth animal to the new tabernacle. Remember the tabernacle? All right. We, we, if we have time, we'll get to Exodus 25 later. But tithe then by Moses was introduced into the law. If you turn to Leviticus 27. Leviticus 27. All right. 
and we're going to start at verse 30, and it reads this. Thus all of the tithe of the land and of the seed and of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Therefore, if a man wishes to redeem part of his tithe, he shall add to it one-fifth of it. And for every tenth part of the herd or flock, whatever passes under the rod, they would count, they, they, they would bring their flocks and they would run them under the, 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 the rod, and then every tenth one would be given to the tabernacle. All right? And, um, and so the tithe was a requirement of the law. Every Jew had to do this. And this is the Old Testament. All right, in Numbers chapter 18, I'm running through these fairly quickly here. Uh, Numbers 18, 23, each one could be a message in itself. 18 verses 21. And the sons of Levi, that's the priests, behold, I have given all the tithe of Israel for the inheritance, its return for their service, which they perform. The the Levites did not work. They, they worked in the, ta the, the tabernacle. And their income came from the tithe. Their substance came from the tithe. The sons of Israel shall not come near the tent of meeting again, lest they bear uh, sin and die. Uh, only the Levites shall perform the service of the tent meeting. All right? For the tithe, verse 24, of the sons of Israel, which was an offering which they offer as an offering. So it, it was a command. It wasn't, well, tithe if you want to. It was an absolute command. It was a requirement. So that is just something I wanted to bring out, and I've got more um, offerings and tithes. Listen to this. But you shall seek this the place. It's found in Deuteronomy 12. You can turn there if you want. Deuteronomy 12, 5 to 6. You shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. In other words, he's talking about at one day we're going to have a place, a permanent place where we're going to have, and you bring your tithes and your offerings to that place. We're talking about the temple. All right? And you can read the rest. Uh, it was not, a, the tithe was not um, uh, a free will offering. Uh, the 10% was to be off the top of everything you owned was supposed to be the Lord's. Um, this wasn't the only obligatory tithe, and we don't have time to get into it. The, every three years, they had to bring in tithe to take care of the orphans and the widows. Uh, you know, uh, the government is not anointed to take care of the orphans and the widows and, and such the churches. The, fa our, the family... Our families are to take care of our, 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 our families and the church. The people of God are supposed to take care of it. But we, about um, almost 100 years ago, we, we gave that responsibility to the government, and the government has done a bad job of it ever since. But it really is the churches. The church is anointed to take care of the poor. They really are. They take care of our families. All right. Uh, thank God we have the government, and they're doing the job that they can uh, but it's really our responsibility. All right? And uh, again, here's the tithing about the orphans, widows, and sword, uh, sojourners. All right? Nehemiah, I'll just say this, when they come to reestablish after the Babylon captivity, Nehemiah was the one to reestablish the tithe. All right, that helped build the the, uh, the wall. It helped build the, the temple. Um, in uh, Proverbs three, turn to Proverbs three, and I can be honest that I'm almost wrapping up here. Only another hour, okay? I'm just kidding. All right, uh, but I will wrap up in about ten, twelve minutes. Proverbs. Chapter Proverbs has a lot. There's a lot. The Bible has an awful lot to say about money. You know, whenever we go into marital counseling, either premarital counseling, or if we go into 
post-marriage counseling, uh, one of the biggest issues in couples is money. And either one is more uh, uh, thrifty and the other one is more liberal with their finances and it has a lot to do with how they were brought up. You know, a, a lot of us guys, you know, when we're bachelors, uh, we, we don't, we just like to spend money. We like to go and buy a car. We like to go and do this. And, but when we get married, all of a sudden, we have to tone it down a little bit. All right? And uh, so anyway, here's the verses, chapter 3, Proverbs, verse 9. 9 and 10 says this. Honor the Lord from your wealth. So here, here it is. Honor the Lord from your wealth, your income, and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. We're giving not so that... God doesn't need our money. He owns the cattle, as it says, on a thousand hills or... Today, you might say he owns the ATMs on a thousand hills. All right? Uh, God doesn't need our money. He wants our obedience. And when we're willing to trust him by giving our offering, we're saying, God, I'm giving this to you out of obedience, out of, out of a heart of worship, out of, out of uh, a direction from the scriptures. When, when, I, when I do this, I'm trusting that you're going to help me with all my bills, all my financial obligations, with the remaining part. And God is able to... How many people have had a financial breakthrough in their life at least once? That God has come through at least once. Look at the hands. And, and, and I'm not going to ask this, but probably most of you are tithers, if not all of you. All right? You believe in tithing. God meets you. And he is able to meet you no matter what the situation is. And so we have this principle of plenty, all right? If the world and everything in it is truly the Lord's, why wouldn't this principle of giving be accurate? It's, it's where in Malachi, we're going to go there. Test me in the offerings, all right? Let's, uh, let's actually go there right now um, to uh, Malachi 3. If you go to the book of Matthew and go left... You come to Malachi, all right, and in this very familiar verse here, it says in verse um, 8, will a man rob God? Can you imagine, think, how would I, how, how on earth would I rob God? Where's his bank, you know? Uh, Fort Knox is hard to get into. What about God's bank, you know? <laughs> uh, yet you're robbing me, but you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. No, there's, there's two words. We're to be tithers, but we're not just to be tithers. We're also, as the Lord puts on our heart, is to give uh, free will offerings. You are, and then listen to this. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Certainly, we need to, at the end of this message, uh, repent for financial iniquity. And ask God to, uh, and, and, and then do a course reset. Again, this is a generous church. I don't preach this almost ever because you're already a generous church. But I felt there was an obedience that I had to do today and, and, and to share this message. Uh, and to know that you are, we're going we're gonna to believe because you're tithers. We're gonna believe. That's why we have that tithing statement. Because you're a tither, God is going to bless you. But my desire is to see you blessed. All right? You know, we're changing a corner. We're, we're, we are so grateful to be standing here in, and sitting in this new sanctuary. We're believing that all debt will be canceled. Amen? We're believing that the, the small jobs that we still have to do next year and the year after will be taken care of. But the, uh, the focus is now totally on the Lord and on ministry. All right? Helping people. Benevolence. We really need to start getting a benevolence fund going. All right. We're, going to, we're believing God is going to take care of what we need. And, and there's still income, as Victoria said, 
there's still some stuff that we need to do, but our shift has changed. For two or more years, we've been focused on getting this done. It's done, or almost all done. Now is the focus on souls, soul winning, saving the lost, helping the poor, uh, blessing people, praying for people, seeing, uh, equipping the saints, amen? That's our focus from this point on, all right? And uh, we're very grateful for what God has done, and he's give us, given us this building, and now the shift happens, all right? And so throughout the Old Testament, an offering was something that you gave, uh, but the tithe was something you owed. Let me read that quote again. Throughout the Old Testament, the, an offering was something that you gave, but the tithe was something you owed. It belonged to the Lord, and it was repaid. It wasn't a gift. On the top importance of recognizing God's sovereignty is the tithe. The whole priestly system relied on the tithe to stay functional. Again, I'm okay if somebody wants to say the tithe is not scriptural in the New Testament. I personally lean towards that. I believe that the principle of tithing is still in the New Testament. It was started under Melchizedek and Abram uh, right before the law existed. So I believe that the tithe is still, and myself, but I have also read and I understand some of the people and it's all over the internet and I get articles sent all the time saying the tithe is not, hey, what do you think about this person? And some fairly well-known ministries have put out some stuff uh, in, in last uh, little while. Interesting that the, the one ministry is very much about giving, all right? So it's not that they're not saying don't give, they're saying, they're, they're saying something different. I'm okay with that. But the principle of giving, and you guys are generous, God is going to, you cannot outgive God. God is going to bless you, amen? And then we have test the, test the Lord. Uh, bring the whole tithe, verse 10 of Malachi, chapter 3. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That's the, bring the full 10%. So that there may be food in my house, and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Verse 11, when I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that it may not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord. All right, all the nations will call you blessed. All right, and so on and so forth. We're going to pray that your hands, whatever your hands finds to do, whether you're in computers, whether you are in the, the trades, whether you are in finances or business or wherever that you find you in, in, in the uh, uh, professionals like lawyers or doctors or nurses or such, wherever you find yourself in or maybe you're retired on a fixed income, we're going to believe that God is going to bless you in a way even this Christmas season, we're going to believe that God's going to bless you. Amen. Bless you for your faithfulness over the last two, three years uh, of this build, and even over the last 21 years in this church. All right? And we're going to believe that God is going to touch and bless you. All right? There's so many other places I could go. I can talk about Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That, uh, that there's tithing that is is uh, of, uh, of that mindset. There's so many more things I could uh, share. But what I want to say now in closing is how do I do it? It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually put it into practice. And if you, for whatever reason, I've had it over the years, a number of times people that believe in tithing, but they've come to me and they said, John, I just, I don't have the money to tithe this month, or I don't know when I'm going to be able to tithe. And you don't have to put up your hands. I, I would say almost all of us have come into that situation where it's difficult to tithe. And uh, I've never once said, oh, you have to tithe. I've said, I understand. We're going to be praying for you that the Lord will, will help you. Maybe somebody stopped tithing for three months or six months or two years. And they're being convicted to tithe, but they don't know how to start. And, and 
I'm never one to, to be in judgment of anyone. But please, please, there is no judgment from this pulpit or in this church uh, if somebody is struggling financially. All right. Uh, that is not our place. Uh, but if somebody really wants to start to tithe or to, to begin to tithe again, all right, uh, we need to decide, is this a biblical principle? 10% is a good starting place. It's not the final resting place, but it's a good starting place. All right, and the Bible says to test and see that the Lord is good in this area. So what we need to do is take it off the top. Take it off the top. Now, some people say, is it off the net or the gross? Oh, okay, very good. I'm going to say you decide. All right, when I first started tithing and when I was a young person, of course, I took it off the net. (laughs) All right, Uh, a year or two later, I felt the Lord say no from from the gross. All right. And I'm going to let you make that decision wherever you want to start. If, you, if you're already tithing, praise God, don't even pay attention to this message per se, per se. But if you're someone that's struggling, I'm okay if you take it off the net or the gross. If you have your own business, or you got to, you, you know, if you have your own business or you start a business and you lay out in the first year $100,000 and you only make maybe $20,000 uh, and then you're hoping for something more, well, you, you, really, didn't, uh, you really didn't make any money. <laughs> So I don't even know if you should tithe on that. Uh, These are decisions you as a business person have to decide. There's a blessing to tithe. There's a blessing to give. And you have to make those those determinations. I'm not here with a rod saying you have to do this or that. That's not my focus. Talk to God. He'll he'll direct your path. All right? Um, The first thing to do, and we're going to do this, is repent of any past financial Inequities, any times that we have been wrong in our giving or our spending. I don't know about you, but I have spent money on stuff I probably shouldn't have spent money on. <laughs> All right? And, um, uh, and uh, so I can be on that list as well. Uh, so we need to repent. Uh, the next thing is starting hopefully today, this month, certainly starting in January. Decide that you're going to be a tither. If at all possible, give 10%. But not everybody's able to do that. Some people come to me and they say, I, I just can't do it, Pastor John. I say, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you give 1%? Why don't you give 1% this month and say, God, I'm willing to, do, I'm willing to give 10%. I just can't do it right now. And then God will begin to bless you in, in the next paycheck or the next month, give 2%. And work your way up over a, a, a series of weeks or months till you get to 10%. All right? But if your heart's desire is to give 10%, but you just can't do it, start with 1%. You make $100, give $1. You make 1000 give $10. And then believe that God will bring the increase. Amen? We're, we're testing him in the tithe. Uh, when, when, how, how does God bless us? Sometimes he gives us new promotions or new work or new jobs sometimes he gives us new clients if you're a business person god is able all right now sometimes when you begin to tithe the enemy doesn't like it and he tries to give you a setback to test you in it and then you say well i, I worked i gave 10 percent this week and i had a problem and my finances are worse shape it, it's not about uh just the once and done it's about the steadfastness all right the Bible said, uh, it said in, uh, in, in Psalms 51, verse 10, and this is a song, creating me a clean heart. That's what we're asking for right here, a clean heart in the area of finances. Creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Well, as I looked into that verse, it's not restore a right spirit, even though the song says, all right, it says renew a steadfast spirit in me. In other words, a steady, steady as you go. Help me be steadfast in my walk, not just today, but tomorrow and next week and the week after and the month after and the next year. How about we ask God to give us a steadfast spirit, amen, in the area of tithing. And uh, so why don't we um, bow our heads right now, and I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. If, if uh, you're visiting our church and you think this is what I talk about every week, 
Uh, it really is not what we talk about. Let me just finish up. There's one more thing I wanted to say. All right. The wise men brought gifts to Jesus. This Christmas, this December's always a month of giving. We had Giving Tuesday. We're going to be sending out an email this week about giving to the church. And the last couple of months, our, our offerings, as Victoria said, took a little dip. We're not too concerned about it. God is faithful, but if you are able this month to, to give a little extra, it would go a long way in the church finances. Amen. So let's just, uh, let's just bow our heads. Let's pray. And um, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to know you. Uh, Jesus didn't give part of his life for us. He gave it all. He died on the cross. He shed his blood to make a way that we can have salvation. And that's the greatest gift we all have, or most of us here, have received. And we can never repay you for that. It's a debt. You took our debt, our sin, our transgressions, our iniquities, and you nailed it to the cross. And we're ever, ever, ever so grateful. I bless each person here. So many people here have been so faithful in their giving. And I just want to tip my hat and say thank you. Thank you, thank you. And I want to bless people in this room. Bless them for their abundance in sowing into the soil here at this church. I, I can never... It moves me when, when, when someone, someone on Friday night gave their tithe and $10 to the mission field, $10 for tithe. This is a pensioner. Always faithful, always coming, not always attending because of different issues, but always faithful. Holy Spirit, I pray for these faithful people. I pray you bless them, Lord. And let's just enter into this prayer to repent for any type of way. I'm, I'm saying this. We are, we are, Victoria and I have been tithing all of our life, all of our time. We're actually, we, we try to give more than what our tithe is. is. Uh, we, we've been practicing that for a long time. We used to give, so just as a side note, we used to give according to what we wanted to get. All right, well, the tithe is this much of what we're making, but we really like to have double our income, so we started tithing 20%. And you know, God increased their salaries. Um, so, Father, we just, uh, I just want to lead you in your prayer. Father, just say this prayer. Father, today, I thank you for the cross. Thank you for your gift of eternal life and I want to walk in obedience and gratitude to what you have done for me and my family I today choose to be a generous giver a tither Forgive me, Lord, for any financial iniquity that has happened in my life. I ask you to forgive my ancestors, parents, grandparents, for their financial iniquity and set me free from any curse. this area. Lord, my desire is to give. Can you touch my income? I will be faithful. I speak increase in my finances, in my fixed income, in my income, in my employment in my business I speak increase 30, 60, 100 fold 
I thank you for what I'm about to witness of your faithfulness. I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, I was struggling in this message because it's not one of my favorite messages to speak. It's important. It's necessary. It's biblical. Uh, and I want you to know that this is not something I do every week. Maybe once every 10 years. I do have a part two to this sometime in the new year. Uh, but um, And we do have people that come in sometimes and talk about it. Uh, but it's not something, it's not steady diet that I do. It's not pounding the pulpit, asking for money all the time. That's not what we're here for. We're here to bless you guys. All right, and that's what we're here for. So if you're watching online, we just uh, pray a blessing over you. Tomorrow night, I will be speaking a very important message. It's a verse God gave me for next year. I'm going to share and I'm going to unpack it a little bit tomorrow night. And, uh, and uh, those that are here, we're going to pray over you. Victoria and I are going to anoint you if you want. And we're going to believe that God is going to anoint your hands. All right? To, uh, to uh, see an increase in the area of finances in your life. Blessings. We're going to believe to it. And you know, I know one person that always gets blessed, and that's this little sister over here, Sandra. She is absolutely amazing. She'll come with a testimony. I, if, I, if I said, come, Sandra, and give a testimony, she'd have one. All right, and we want you all to have a testimony and over the next few months, we're looking forward to hearing the testimonies how God is moving in your life. Thanks for joining us. I pray that as you go about your week, you feel God's love and embrace. And don't forget to join us later this week when Pastor John Irving shares a message about God raising up standards. See you then.